Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live. <laughs> Yo, what it is, Candlestick Kids. Happy to be back with you. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is the TCK Pod Live on the Landry Football Network. Very happy to be back with you once again. We got Lucas Kaser in a place per usual and our Wednesday homies. We got the Commish FFP in the place. Y'all know and love Chris Benavides, who's been on the program many a time. But Chris, you have somebody else with you there. Never been on the TCK pod somehow. It's a damn, it's a damn shame it's taken this long. Please introduce your your family member there let them know who we are and what you guys are doing and we'll break in the afc east yeah so well so today we have on alex uh he's my brother also happened to be a co-host on the show so be fair guys he was actually on the very first episode we did with you ever last season oh the original the original, the original. that's right <laughs> That is true. Actually, so here, so I'm realizing it's it's Eric. Eric's the one uh, who missed out, but he was he jumped on later on after the fact. Yeah, too. you're welcome. Yeah. So I guess the our relationship stems back much longer than uh, than I remembered. So that's great news. Well, great to have you back, Alex. It's always a always a pleasure, man. Chris, it's always a pleasure to have you guys on Wednesdays. We are teaming up with the Commission FFP, and uh, we're going to have as much fun as we can here on this podcast and break down the AFC East today. That, of course, is the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, and the New York slash New Jersey football Jets. We'll do the best to uh, make a case for Frank Gore over Le'Veon Bell at the end of this episode. What I would like to do, boys, is before we get into this, um, Alex, I want to give you a shout out because I believe that you're a baseball head as well. Is that correct? I am. Yeah. I'm, uh... I, uh, I, I wear this hat here for you. Um, this is a 1936 Boston Braves a uh, ball wow. cap, and I just thought you might respect that. That's probably worth a lot of money right there, pal. <laughs> I like a lot. Not anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just want to give a shout-out. We're also in a baseball league. I know the fantasy football players generally hate uh, baseball and fantasy baseball, but we've had a fun time in that league as well. So great to have you on, man. Let's have some fun. I'm going to turn it off to you guys right off the bat here. We know that you are up in New England um, diehard Patriots fans, uh, of course, Lucas and I kind of hold down the Midwest and the West Coast, but you guys are East Coast brothers, and we've had a lot of great uh, conversations here on the podcast um, in general, but uh, this is kind of an opportunity I've been looking forward to having Patriots fans on to talk about the Patriots because there's a lot of moving parts there. Obviously, of course, we know that, that uh, Brady and Gronko down to Tampa Bay, Cam Newton comes in off a of free agency. 
Um, they have a stable of running backs here. Sony Michelle not looking so good, but they got Damian Harris in the holster here. Our boy James White coming in hot all the time. Rex Burkhead may not even make the team. Julian Edelman has been on the podcast many, many, many times, as Lucas seems to be his only fan in the National Football League. Some guy named Devin Ross might even make an appearance. There's a lot to talk about here in New England. I'll let you, Commish boys, kick it off first. Let's break down, please, from top to bottom. Give me the roster here for fantasy purposes for the New England Patriots. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, if we're going to kick it off, I think the most notable uh, acquisition for any fantasy lineup is going to be probably two players, Julian Edelman, as Lucas has already mentioned once or or f- four times. I don't even know what the th- – it's so it's like once, twice, thrice, and whatever four times – whatever four times is. Multiply, multiply by 10, so 40 times. Julian Edelman is your go-to guy. I think in uh, in deeper leagues, he's a great stash play and a flex play. He's going to be basically Cam Newton's safety net. We talked about this, uh, uh, Sky, on our buys and sells episode. I think we talked about whether or not Julian Edelman will have 100 receptions this season. I sold that, but I still think he's going to end up in the 80 to 90 mark. He takes great care of himself uh, despite sort of having that ACL injury a, a while back. So I think he has. It continues to have a great year, and uh, obviously, well, we'll get into QBs in just a second. Uh, he will be a nice safety net for uh, for Cam Newton. The other option, obviously, would be James White, notably on the TCK pod. I do think that. Um, I, all right, so I'll just say this: you can't talk about James White without talking about the rest of the entire running back core. So Eric went in and posted this on the Commish Twitter page at the Commish FFP. He said. He said, I think the Pats signing Lamar Miller is especially good because for a second, we almost started to care about the New England backfield, which is 1,000% on the money. Like for a hot second, everyone really cared about New England running backs. And unfortunately, like Bill just kind of reminded us, like, stop caring about it. This is in 2004 when we had Corey Dillon. So James White's the only guy you probably want to draft. Anybody else in that sort of that, uh, you know, that backfield is just – you know, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something worth worth taking. So, I don't know, Alex, what do you think? No, I agree. I mean, I think for me personally, James White is going to shock you. I think he's going to rush for rush for over 800 plus yards. Mm. Okay, mainly for the fact that. Oh, oh yeah, I said it. I said it, Scott. Don't stop me now. Mainly for the fact that a running quarterback opens up lanes. For the running backs. So you see him having like a marking room type role? I, I do. Mm. I do. I see I see him as a marking room type role, catching tons of passes out of the backfield. Honestly, I think he's going to be a, a focal point of that offense. Kind of like a, uh, a light Christian McCaffrey type Qu- deal. Quasi CMC. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> yeah, perfect. We, we've been, you know, we've been basically calling him James McCaffrey for the last couple of weeks. So I, I totally agree with you there. Lucas, you've done your projections as well. You're the house Julian Edelman fan. Give me a, give me something on Jules. Well, for some reason, he's still wide receiver 30 and ADP on the calcul- the fantasy football calculator. And I don't think I can beat the drum too much about why people should stop fading him um, because still don't know why. He's been top 20 in PPR points per game since 2013. That's six years. It's going to be seven. I can already guarantee that. In his career, since 2014, he's finished in the top 12, 20 of the 67 games uh, up until now. That's 29.8% on a weekly basis. He's finished in the top 24, so a wide receiver two at minimum on a weekly basis, 62% of the time. And now you encompass in the fact that 
they already were one of the highest plays ran team, and someone could be like, it's going to go down. One, I mean, I don't think it's going to go down because this team's still good. Two, if the team is bad, the defense is worse, they're going to be running more plays because they're going to be on offense more. So there's no way they don't run less plays than they already did last year. Uh, Devin Ross, I don't even know who that was, and I'm big into football before that. Like, Nikhil Harry, I don't want to call him a bust, but I think he's just like a Corey Davis-type prospect where he's just a good two. He's never going to be that one they want. And tight ends, two rookies, Ryan Izzo, uh, a bunch of running backs. That On top of the running backs, the point you guys made, there's never been a good running back outside of James White for as long as probably the last five, six years in fantasy. Like, So I don't know why we still try to decide who's going to be good, I guess, because it's James White usually, and that's about it. Obviously, I think the Michelle playoff run is what kind of keeps that narrative going year in and year out. But, yeah, I think Edelman is probably as safe as you can get at the wide receiver position. I still think he's probably the best pick in fantasy again this year because you're getting – at worst, a flex every week. He does not drop below that with a higher chance of getting a wide receiver two. At wide receiver 30, I know we had the the commish uh, listener league, I think is what it was, and he was like our wide receiver like five, or he almost was my wide receiver five or our wide receiver five, and he got taken before me. On top of that, we had going zero RB, so we already had Julio, Calvin Ridley, I think Michael Thomas, players like that. So he's just such a safe pick with, I don't even want to call it upside because it's just what he produces year in and year out, and that's top 20 in points per game. Commish boys, Cam Newton is currently going as the QB 14 in the back of the 10th, about the 11th round. Is there any chance in a single quarterback league you guys are punting quarterback and waiting for Cam Newton there with that upside? Uh, I'm not trying to get Cam Newton um, for a lot of reasons. Like, dude, it's just – it's weird. Belichick is like they, – they asked him a dumbass question, and he responded with, of course, a Belichick answer, with which was like – you know, do you see like multiple quarterbacks being used throughout the season? And he's like, yeah, anything's possible. It's like, all right, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, can you not do this to us? Because, all right, and all right, this is the crazy part. I know everyone's getting overhyped by production in training camp, but New England's not look so good. Stidham's even worse. Brian Hoyer looks the best out of all the quarterbacks. So, dude, who knows if Cam Newton's even going to be a, if he's even going to play this season? Like, I don't know. He's just, like every every time I see something on NFL Network, he's just fucking dancing. Like, dude, just run your drills so we can all feel good about potentially picking you. That'd be awesome. You gotta you gotta bring the vibes. You gotta uh, bring the vibes. Right. Cam, you gotta bring, bring you gotta bring production though first yeah, before exactly. you can bring the vibes. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Imagine how Sidham feels. Fair enough. Imagine how it should, yeah. It should have been Winston. That's all I'm saying. It should have been Jameis Winston, and we wouldn't be talking about this Cam Newton experiment. Well, how, about, okay. run. how about this? How about this? I'll call Kyle. You guys call Bill. We'll go Jimmy G for James White straight up. You guys can have your golden boy back. We'll take Mullins. He'll actually get us the Super Bowl. We'll take James White. Coleman and McKinnon are trash. I think that's that seems fair to me. What do you think? Now we, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Mullins is not on the trading block. I'm sorry. We have to move on to the Buffalo Bills. Next Let's up, the Buffalo Bills have a significant opportunity here to take over for the New England Patriots. A few uh, episodes ago, Lucas made a comment, something to the effect of the Patriots have won the division every year he's been alive. Now, unfortunately, I did not actually cross-check that math, but it's probably close to accurate. Now, <laughs> The, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills here, though, have a significant opportunity. They, frankly, should have um, should have made it a deeper run, I think, in the playoffs last year. Kind of Josh Allen kind of choked down the, 
down the stretch there. Um, great game, but couldn't get it done in the end. But they bring in Zach Moss, who I think all of us love. Um, not sure that um, Stephon Diggs uh, is a hot, hot situation, but we're going to bring him up in just a second. Dawson Knox is getting a more of an opportunity at tight end last year. Great defense. Um, and, you know, Devin Singletary kind of fading because of the Zach Moss bring in, but still uber talented. Josh Allen, of course, uh, looking to take another step up here. So, Lucas, we'll start with you on this one. How do you feel about the Bills overall with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs coming in, Zach Moss coming in? I know you love him. What's up with the Bills, and do they actually have an opportunity here to take over the Patriots in the division? Yeah, I think we've been pretty vocal that it's it's Zach Moss if you're drafting a running back because there's no point of trying to pick a 5'8 running back to outdo one of the best college run- rushers the last three to four years. Um, receivers, I'm probably just going to fade. We've, we've talked about the – Stephon Diggs is one of the best, has been one of the best deep ball receivers in the league. Now he goes to the worst deep ball passing quarterback. That can work, but I'm not going to try and figure that out if it's going to work or not at the current ADP that he's at. Josh Allen, yeah, I think this is a situation where last year um, you would just say Josh Allen, no one else, and I still think that's the case. Um, In terms of the division, I don't know. I still think the Bills could – they probably will finish with the same or better record, but I still think the Patriots sweep them. I, if you watch the games last year, like Josh Allen did not stand a chance at trying to complete a single ball. I don't think adding Stephon Diggs when he's going against Stephon Gilmore and the rest of that defense is going to help. So the, the answer is probably yes to the division, but I think in terms of the team versus team matchup, it's probably still leaning on the Patriots. Boys, how you feel about it? <clears throat> I have a lot of thoughts, Alex. Do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, for me, I, I, I'm looking at the schedule now. I still think they're going to go 10 and 6, maybe even 9 and 7. They have, there's a really, they have a really tough schedule. Chiefs, Titans, Steelers. They, they, lost to the, they beat the Steelers by 7 last year without yeah. Big Ben. So, I mean, I think that's, that's going to be actually a blowout coming, coming into the season. Um, they're playing the Cardinals. Um, and I think, honestly, divisional games, they get close. I think the Jets can obviously pull one against them. So I, I, I see their 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 record being the same, 10-6. and six. Yeah. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I've gone on the record, and I've said that if there's any if there's any potential MVP candidate outside of the obvious choices, Josh Allen has a shot as a dark horse. Yeah. The, the, the strict reason – I'm not even going to talk about his upside in terms of rushing. If he figures out how to throw the ball, look the fuck out. Like he has some serious potential, serious arm strength. The Diggs, Allen, arm strength connection, deep ball routes, et cetera, all play into Diggs' favor and hopefully Allen's. He kind of he reminds me of a a Lamar Jackson uh, if he can figure out how to throw the ball. So he's like, you know, that's his only, that's the only thing he needs to figure out. Like, Dude, it's not even so much that he can't throw it because, like, all right, so last year, Lucas, you mentioned, like, against the Patriots, like, he did have, like, a couple of nice, beautiful throws. Like, he had that one route to John John Brown at the end of the season when they played in New England, and John Brown just burned the secondary, and it was a nice flutter pass just right over the top, and, and it connected for a touchdown. Like, I remember that, and I was like, damn, like, this guy, if he could just figure out how to do it consistently, he's going to be, like, a really, really, really good quarterback. So, I don't know. I'm hoping year three he figures it out and makes a step up. And if he does, man, he'll like he might be a perennial top five quarterback for like their duration of his career. Which, by the way, wow, is going to be trouble for defenses uh, even this season. You know, so Alex is com- you know concerned with 
What? You, you L- can... Listen, a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. All right. That's all I have That's to true. say. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Lucas. So, well, there's my jo- there's my job challenge. By the way, by the way, he did not lose that game in the playoffs. Uh, Deshaun Watson got hit twice and knocked back on his feet for a ridiculous <laughs> throw. So that has nothing to do with Josh Allen. I'll, yeah. I digress. Fair enough. I am. Uh, I'm looking at the ADP here for the receivers. All right, let's take a quick uh, another kind of quick second here on on uh, Stephon Diggs coming over from Minnesota. And John Brown, who I think everybody is forgetting about, but had 100 yep. targets last year. He's done really well in his career when healthy. Cole yep. Beasley also had 100 targets last year. Let's not forget about him out of the slot as well. So I'm looking at the ADP here. Stephon Diggs going in the sixth round. John Brown going in the 13th round. Who would you guys rather have at current ADP? At ADP, probably Take any format. Same receivers. Yeah. You could take any format: PPR, non-PPR, best ball, whatever. They're all kind of the same. I mean, I'm taking, Brown. I'm, I'm taking John Brown. I took yeah. I took him in the uh, the Hammerjacks league. He's my fourth wide receiver. Yeah, you know he he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's at ADP he's probably yeah. definitely serviceable. But like, I would rather have Stefan Diggs just because like he's funner to watch, even though they're, they're like the same player. <laughs> in the end, Lucas. I guess Brown. I. I don't. Brown was. I mean, he was a decent fantasy option last year, but that was one of those touchdown dependent guys we see every year that everyone thinks is really good, and then they only catch. I don't know. Say they caught eight the previous year, they catch four, and then everyone forgets about him. I don't know how that's going to play out because I personally, I just don't know how you lay out a wide receiver core of two burners and then a thirty-some year old slot guy with Dawson Knox who didn't really show much last year. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do. Um, that's probably why I'll just fade. Everyone but Allen and Moss, probably. Yeah. I haven't took. I haven't heard a lot in the fantasy community. Anything you know, positive things about Devin Singletary, who had a decent rookie season, comes back. Obviously, I know that you know he's a smaller back, whatever. Um, but he showed elusiveness. Um, you know, I've I've kind of heard some comparisons of maybe like a poor man's Alvin Kamara ish, just in skill set in general. Um, is there a chance that maybe Devin Singletary is kind of the third down pass catching back? And then, obviously, Zach Moss is going to be that new Frank Gore we've heard time and time again um, on the goal line, short yardage situations, maybe even early downs or whatnot. But does Devin Singletary just not have value all of a sudden? In fantasy football, he's pretty pretty serviceable last year. What do you guys think, Commissioner? I love him. I don't like him. So we're obviously <laughs> split. I think. So like, okay, I like- take, take, a, take a second. Why? Yeah, well, I mean, so, yeah. So, I, I mean, again, I think, I think the skill set – I think there's always a skill set for quick, speedy backs with good hands and who create massive mismatches against linebackers, secondary, whoever. Uh, and so for, for me, like, I, I don't know, I don't see why all of a sudden he wouldn't be a useful option. Like Terry Cohen had a great season last season and not to say great, but he had a good season last, last year and he was a good flex start. Like, I don't understand why Singletary all of a sudden is like uh, a forgotten player just because they draft uh, a second running back when most of the league is built on two running backs. So, yeah. All right. So for me, I I read something, I think it was PFF. Um, They did a correlation between mobile quarterbacks and running backs. Now they talk about Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, um, Patrick Mahomes. Now a mobile quarterback 
they're not going to look to dump it off to to the to the running backs. They're going to look for open lanes. They're going to look to run the ball. They're not going to be a Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and dump it off. So I don't see Devin Singletary getting the amount of receptions, and he he only had two touchdowns last year. Josh Allen's taken all those touchdowns, and even Zach Moss might be coming in in, in the red zone to get to get those opportunities. I actually disagree on that. I think this. I think that the Josh Allen touchdown was a product of Frank Gore not being able to get it in the end zone, so he just took it himself eventually. Like right. that, I think that happened like five or six times. But I mean, year. I don't see Devin Singletary out there. No, I agree. I agree, but they have no they have no more Frank Gore. I'm not saying that he has like a touchdown uh, floor that's good. He just has a better upside in the PPR game. Who is Singletary? Singletary? I don't think so. All right, well, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys now, think? Do you think he he could maybe? I mean, Devin Singletary, Devin Singletary to me could potentially have a Le'Veon Bell season like last year. We'll get to Lev on his own here in a minute with the Jets, but just thinking like. Um, you know, he could have solid workload. He could have 200 plus touches at least. Um, maybe, you know, uh, I don't know, 60 receptions or so and just not have the touchdowns. So he might be serviceable, kind of an RB3, RB2 weekly with yeah. some upside of big plays. But I totally agree that Zach Moss is going to be that guy. And Chris, you're right. Five different times last year, Frank Gore was basically got the bulk of the work inside the five yard line, failed to score on the very next play. Josh Allen was able to put it in the end zone through his legs. So that's five opportunities there. You take those five rushing touchdowns away from Josh Allen, just in those instances, all of a sudden he has four, not nine. He's got 17 over the first two seasons um, or last two seasons, I should say pretty incredible on the ground, obviously. So it gives you that floor. Absolutely. So uh, I know Lucas is a Zach Moss guy. I am too. I'm not really targeting Devin Singletary necessarily, but I just think like he's one of those players that's just like Marlon Mack. They're just, plummeting in drafts and and to me it seems kind of silly i understand why and i do think the rookies have the opportunity to kind of supplant them eventually but it's a weird offseason man i think that those veterans at some level are are, are going to get the first crack for a while so um lucas yeah. do you have any interest in devin singletary at all uh, we know you like zach moss but is devin singletary just totally off your radar I think I always go back to the point where, if you remember in the playoff game, Frank Gore did not suit up. Like, he wasn't even, like, injured or, like, dressed or nothing. He didn't suit up. They were in the red zone. They tried to run it with Josh Allen like they do all the time, meaning that Singletary is not capable of doing it. And instead of bringing in Singletary, who was pretty well used in that game, they brought in Taiwan Jones. Taiwan Jones in the probably the biggest Bills game since <clears> – <throat> I don't even know when I could even like remember a big Bills game besides like the Tyrod Taylor playoff game against the Jags defense. I don't know when it would be. 1992. Yeah, exactly. That's why I don't remember it. So I think, yes, there's, there's room for Singletary to be valuable, but I just, I don't know. I just think Moss is the perfect, they, they wouldn't have drafted Moss if they thought if they had huge plans for Singletary. Now I get that's like such a narrative, but like, it's so true. A team that, I mean, your wide receiver core is two two older receivers that have kind of just been bounced around their whole career. A new receiver here. Their O-line's kind of shaky. Their defenses, they just need depth, and they just go out and draft Zach Moss, which was a third-round pick, but it was their second pick in the draft. So I think there's this kind of – I don't know. I, it's just a very lopsided pick in terms of it could be really good or really bad, so I'll probably just choose to go Moss instead. Yeah. Fair enough. I am with you there. 
We're going to move on to the Miami Dolphins, but before we do that, I want to give a quick shout-out to the Landry football crew for having us on and hosting our platform here. We are the Commish crew coming out of New England, and we are the Candlestick Kids fantasy football podcast coming out of the West Coast and the Midwest. We are hitting the whole nation here. We're very excited to have our boys back on, Chris and Alex Benavides. we got to get Eric on eventually as well, and I know that Josh and Lucas just made the connection, but we got to get him on too and, uh, and, and grow the family here. You can catch all of the Landry football network's at LandryFootball.com. That's high school coverage. That's recruiting coverage for college, NFL proper, and we are your lone fantasy football station here, LandryFootball.com. You can catch us and our channel every Monday through Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on Twitch.tv slash ChrisLandryFootball. Before we get into the Miami Dolphins, I was uh, very rude not to let you guys introduce yourselves. So Chris or Alex, please let everybody know where they can find the commish crew. Yeah, man. Thanks. No worries, dude. Uh, so yeah, find us over uh, on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, and Spotify, uh, the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. And of course, uh, over in or on Instagram and Twitter at the Commission FFP. And of course, check us out on our website, www.thecommissionbrand.com. Go subscribe to the playbook. It's our newsletter. It drops every Tuesday. Uh, if you do have a Gmail, it will likely drop in your promotion. So you've got to just swing over that our newsletter into your general inbox and you'll get it from there on out every Tuesday for the rest of the season. We'll keep you up to date with all things that are relevant for fantasy football that you might have uh, likely missed or potentially have missed during the week. So yeah, that's where you can find us, man. And I got to say this, uh, this playbook is legit. So well done to you, Josh, Eric, everybody. Uh, I signed up for it a couple of weeks ago. I, I've been getting them on Tuesdays and uh, learned a lot. So well done to you guys. Um, you've also, you've also contributed to our TCK draft guide that people can find at tckpod.com. And you are going to be once again in our listener league as well. More information has come out about that. You can check out our Twitter, Instagram, and as uh, we said yesterday, if you're interested in joining the TCK Pod Listener League this year, we are going to have two extra listener leagues uh, available. So we have 24 spots available. That goes along with the 12 veterans coming back from last year. Lucas got the W last year. Uh, the commission crew and I came up just a bit short in the uh, in the semis, but uh, we're, we're coming full force this season. So if you're interested in joining our TCK Pod Listener League, Make sure to please uh, hit us up in DM on Instagram or Twitter and let us know what you enjoy about the program, what we can enhance about the program, how long you've been listening to us, and where you listen to us the most. Give us an honest review. Smash that subscribe button. Give us an honest review and hit that heart here on the Twitch channel as well. Catch us every Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. All right, y'all paid the bills. Let's get into it. Miami Dolphins, a lot of excitement here in Southern Florida, man. This is going to be fun. Whenever Tua takes the field, it's going to be pretty exciting. It is a weird season. He's coming off of a number of injuries. Uh, definitely kind of, um, you know, are some concerns in general. There was talk preseason that maybe if he was 100% healthy, potentially some teams, uh, you know, the Bengals had a quick thought of him at number one over Joe Burrow, but we all know what had happened there. Um, obviously, Ryan Fitzmagic is going to be chucking it uh, until Tua is ready to go. Then they bring in two, I think, really quality running backs. To be honest, they had no run game last year. It's well documented that Kalen Balaj was something like 1.7 per carry or whatever. They bring in uh, Jordan Howard, who basically kept Miles Sanders on the bench last year until he got hurt. Matt Breida, who had the fastest 
play in the NFL last year in a run against the Browns. I think he's a great running back who was kind of buried on the 49ers depth chart for a number of years. A little bit fragile, but when he's healthy, he's very dynamic. Uh, Devontae Parker finally broke out. They bring in our boy Presta Williams. He's going to be, I think, a, a star in this league eventually. Mike Kosicki coming off of a breakout second half of the season as well. The defense gets a, gets a boost. So the Dolphins, much like the Bills, I think are really kind of retooling for a legitimate kind of mainstay here in the AFC East after years of being kind of a doormat there in Miami. Uh, Lucas, we'll start with you on this one. How are you feeling about the Dolphins overall? Yeah, I think that the hype is growing too much on this team. Um, they made some good moves on defense. They kind of built the, the the structure, I say, of how you build a team, bringing in a quarterback. You build a team, then you bring in the quarterback. I say it all the time. I think they did that to a certain extent. But now Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson are opting out. And I get those aren't huge names, but that, that brings, I guess, more of like a vacuum type to this fantasy outlook, if you will. Kind of like the Falcons. They have their three guys they run through on offense, and that's about it, which is a good thing most of the time. But then you have to look at the three guys they're running their offense through uh, in the receiver core. Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, and Jakeem Grant are probably going to be the main three. And say what you will about Devontae Parker, the only split that I pay attention to is the one where Preston Williams kept him on the bench or in your waivers of fantasy, because that, that is the one that matters. You can make the case that Devontae Parker broke out. I hope he broke out with the amount of targets he was getting. I hope he was putting up fantasy points. Yes, it was pretty impressive, but still, like, come on. It, he was on the bench when Preston Williams was breaking out, and Preston Williams was a rookie in his undrafted season. That has to mean something a lot more than Devontae Parker's 20th season break. I don't even know, fifth year breakout, whatever it was. It took him a long time to even become, like, what, receiver 20 now in terms of ADP. But then Dwayne, uh, the TCK pod, spotted it out that Jakeem Grant is actually an interesting split uh, with not just a minimal game sample. So last year, Devontae Parker, with Jakeem Grant playing, scored seven PPR points less in a bigger sample size. Nine games with him, seven games without him, 12 to 19. Now you go down to Mike Gusecki with Jakeem Grant. He scored six games less, eight in split, seven, or sorry, six points less, eight in split, seven out of split. So you're thinking, like, that doesn't matter because Jakeem Grant doesn't do anything for fantasy, so I shouldn't take into account. But if Jakeem Grant is going to be the wider, so that was the problem last year. He just wasn't out there all the time. But now he has to be out there all the time. So that has to mean something. That has to mean that players are not doing as good, I guess. So it's it's a tough spot because in my projections, I have to make Parker good because I can't give 100 targets to Chester Rogers or whoever the wide receiver three or four is. It has to go to those guys. But the, the splits are very scary. Um, and I would I would probably favor the four years before Devontae Parker's fifth-year breakout in my evaluation of him. So it's Preston Williams. I was on him last year. Uh, he seems healthy as of now. I haven't heard any reports as saying he's going to miss the week one or what. I, I mean, I take – camp reports for minimal stuff anyways, but there's not been any bad news. So go Williams. Uh, the running backs, I I like them both quite a bit. I think Howard's a good pick. Um, running back three or four range, I think he's definitely uh, serviceable. He should, from I guess what I think, should get 200 touches, I would imagine, two to 250. And Brita, yeah, injury prone. Uh, I think the injury prone does bring up a case for Patrick Laird, if you remember him last year, kind of the, the receiving back at the end of the year and I think if Breida gets hurt which probably will happen Laird will be okay um in the receiving game too as a, a deeper flex or a throw-in flex possibly towards the end of the season and let's not forget that Preston Williams on top of his impressive 
it was basically six games. He got hurt in week nine, tore his ACL. He was out for the rest of the season, but he didn't really get full snaps until week three because he was a rookie. So we really played about six games. Um, at that time that he left in week nine, I've said it a million times on the podcast, but I know you guys will be repping this on the commission uh, podcast. So I want to make sure it's heard there as well. At the time that Preston Williams went down, he was pacing Devontae Parker in targets, receptions, and yards. Devontae Parker had four touchdowns. Preston Williams had three, but they were both neck and neck, 37 and 36, respectively, in PPR at the time of his injury. So I truly believe, and Mike Kosicki was kind of not doing much at that time either. So Preston Williams goes down. Both of those guys got a huge bump. I definitely see a scenario where Preston Williams is just straight up the true number one on this team with Devontae Parker not getting maybe or maybe even getting that double coverage because he's got the name. He broke out last year. So Preston Williams, I think, could seriously eat. It would not surprise me if Preston Williams finishes better than Devontae Parker overall this year. And you can get these guys like six, seven rounds apart. So for me, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to fade Devontae Parker, no doubt about it, at his ADP. But I'm going to scoop Preston Williams everywhere I possibly can. Kamish boys, how do you feel about these running backs and how I know that you just had a, a great episode um, I listened to a couple of weeks ago when you broke down the uh, wide receiver consensus rankings for you all. And you had kind of a debate on your side about uh, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams as well. So let's get yeah. your version on the running backs and the receivers here for the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah. So I, so I agree wholeheartedly with, with Lucas's take on the, and obviously your sky on the, on the, on the Preston Williams, Devontae Parker uh, uh, situation. Um, but I, you know, what's interesting. I don't, again, like we're, we're, we're sort of playing narratives here when we talk about like the, you know, they'll finish in like the thirties or maybe top 20 wide receivers. So like really at that wide receiver three spot for each of them, um, they, they're in a situation where you could end up with, you could end up with a, with a, with a scenario that looked very similar, especially in the beginning of the year to Ryan Fitzpatrick sort of like Fitz magic breakout when he had it with Tampa Bay this season with those two guys. So if you remember, Deshaun Jackson came out and just wowed everybody for those couple of games and just like balled out with like multiple hundred plus yard games, I believe, um, with a ton of receptions. You could see that from either Devontae Parker or Preston Williams off the rip. They play, I believe they played New England and Buffalo back to back. So two good defenses, but you know, in a COVID 2020 environment, you know, they might catch some defenses like sleeping. So I wouldn't even be like, not that that's like a notable thing that Bill Belichick defenses do that, but it's not like they haven't burned from time to time. So that could happen in the first game of the season where Fitzmagic just kind of comes out and just starts letting rainbows drop all over the field. And, you know, you could see a nice sort of stream play from Preston Williams, Devontae Parker in the beginning of the year. So that's one thing. The other thing on the Jordan Howard scenario. So Jordan Howard low key has finished in somewhere between like the RB 10 and RB 20 each of his last three seasons, which is like, and I say look very fucking low key. Like that guy has been almost like, I think he's like disappeared at certain points of the year, but somehow finishes as at minimum as a running back two. So he's not the pass catching back. It'll be Matt Breida, but he will get the red zone and goal line work most likely. So he has sort of that touchdown floor on that team. He's probably the guy that I'd probably go with over Matt Breida just because, again, I think the the injury concerns kind of scare me a bit. But Breida also has the PPR floor. And you're right, man. He could like – he's like, again, like another low-key running back who potentially is the fastest guy in the NFL. So – yeah, I mean they got some speed, they got power, they got weapons on the outside. They have Mike Jasicki. Like they're a low key like good defense. Uh, sorry, good offense. They're just like a couple of seasons too early in their production. They just need that sort of two apiece with some maturation there. I think they'll be fine in a couple of years. Alex, you want to jump in? Yeah, I mean 
so to be honest, I kind of feel bad for Jordan Howard. I mean, he this guy was this guy was getting drafted in the first round right when he came in in the the uh, his second year in the NFL. He was posting up fantastic numbers. Um, he's getting drafted in the back, back end of the draft, and to be honest, I think he's an absolute steal. Um, I think people should get those shares of the running back core um, of that offense. As far as Devontae Parker, I'm fading him tremendously. What was so my point is what was stopping him before Preston Williams came in? Exactly. You know, he, what, what was stopping him? Absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. and he still did shit. So <laughs> he, he really did. He did absolutely nothing. Um, so I, I think Preston Williams is the absolute man over there. Uh, I'm getting all the Preston Williams shares I can get. Um, my I'm, I'm going in a, a, one of my boys' drafts coming coming up soon. They have absolutely no idea what they're doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to get all the Preston Williams shares, baby. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what I like to see. The Preston Williams hype train is almost as hot as Julian Edelman here on the podcast. So I like to hear you guys <laughs> pop that off. I'm just gonna I'm gonna read up my uh, my write up here for. Um, directly off our draft guide here. This is a write-up I did with the Dolphins, and I'm just going to read a quick little paragraph on Jordan Howard to uh, Chris's point and really everybody else, giving him a little nod. And I think before I read this, I think what it comes down to with Jordan Howard is he's not sexy, right? He's not super fast. He's not going to get breakaway runs. He doesn't really work in the pass game. So he just kind of like plods along. He gets his yards. He gets his yards. He gets his yards. But, man, that can be really effective, um, and especially in non-PPR leagues for those that are that are in it. So quick little paragraph on uh, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard only played nine games last season. Over those nine games, he was the RB16 in PPR, RB13 in standard leagues, non-PPR, of course. He finished as the running back two or better in PPR since entering the league. He was RB20 in 2018, RB14 in 2017, RB10 in 2016. As a rookie, he finished higher in standard leagues in each of those seasons. Now he's unfortunately kind of trending the wrong direction as far as those go. But again, I think he gets another opportunity to lead a backfield. And as much as, you know, Jordan Howard isn't sexy per se, Matt Breed is a little bit fragile, as I mentioned. So I think a great, like, thunder and lightning approach with these guys is going to be great for this Dolphins offense. They don't have to rely on one single dude. They can, you know, kind of pound Jordan Howard and get Breida out of the backfield uh, with what should be somewhat of a, I think, you know, Chris, to your point, kind of a low-key, I don't know about high-powered all the time, but it's going to be fun with Fitzmagic. You know, we saw what he was able to do with the Buccaneers with a bad defense and they chucking it all over the yard there. So I think yeah. it could be fun. I'm definitely Preston Williams all day, and I am not afraid to go Jordan Howard. And I know we're not going to get into this discussion because you guys just had a great conversation with Lucas on your podcast with Josh. So I definitely recommend everybody go over to the Commission FFP and check out that um, Zero RB uh, conversation. Um, but I, th- I think that Jordan Howard is a perfect, and even Matt Breida, both of these guys I think are great targets for the zero RB approach. If you happen to go that way, you can get starting running backs with effective um, target target share and market share in general in their respective uh, offenses there if you go with the zero RB approach. So go check that out. All right, boys, we got one more team here, and we'll get out of here. It's the New York Jets. I will start with the commish crew on this one. Uh, Sam Darnold last year had a really tough season. Obviously, he had the mono situation, came back, was really hit or miss, but down the stretch, pretty hot, mainly to Robbie Anderson. But now Robbie Anderson, of course, uh, catching balls from Teddy Two Gloves out there in Carolina. So he is gone. They bring in Denzel Mims, you know, I think is a beast 
uh, of a receiver out of Baylor, but I think there's kind of mixed emotions on that. They got Le'Veon Bell, who had a very disappointing season last year, strictly based on volume, but was not the high-powered Le'Veon Bell we expected. Um, and, of course, now they bring in my boy, the legend Frank Gore, uh, set to have at least as many rushing touchdowns as Le'Veon Bell, probably more, because Adam Gase loves Frank Gore and does not love Le'Veon Bell. That's going to matter. They do have uh, Jameis Crowder there, who's kind of a sleeper, and, of course, uh, Herndon finally coming back at tight end, who had a lot of hype last season at this time, got suspended, came back, played like eight snaps, got injured, and was out for the season. So the Jets are – I don't really know how to read the Jets per se. I believe in kind of talent all around. But, man, I've been very vocal on how much I don't like Adam Gase. So, Kamishko, are you here to uh, convince me that there's any – excitement here for fantasy from the jets or are you on the fade train as well yeah no dude they're like a they're a fucking riddle and a question mark and a conundrum and a and a, another question mark i can't i can't get a read on it so i was doing a bunch of research before we got on here about again because i think this whole thing is contingent on what adam gase does with the team as opposed to like the talent overriding and like them just playing regular football uh, and, dude, I still can't understand him. So, like, for example, um, you know, he goes and talks about Le'Veon Bell's commitment to getting in, like, great shape. If anybody's been watching Le'Veon Bell's uh, workouts, the guy looks like he's probably in the best shape of his life at 28 years old, I believe, or 29 years old. Um, and then – but then Adam Gase talks about how he didn't use him properly, but then he wants to make sure he doesn't burn him out over the 16 games and, as a result, goes and gets another – old running back to help with not putting the tread on the tires for Le'Veon. I don't know. Just like none of that like makes sense in my eyes. And then, so like, and then this week you have, you have Frank Gore who like tweaks his hammy a little bit. They keep him out for precautionary measures. And then, so then you have Gase who's quoted. He doesn't want to hear about any of the, any of like the injuries he wants. uh, He wants Gore to get out there and he wants him to get reps. It's like, all right, dude, if you're worried about your running – like, I don't get it. Like, if you want your running backs to be – they're cautious during the training camps. Like, what is it that you want? So I don't know, dude. And then, like, to the point of, like, people who are saying, yeah, but, like, Jets had a great down-the-stretch, like, wins and loss schedule. Dude, they played some soft-ass teams down mm-hmm. the stretch. Don't tell me that they are going to, like, keep that momentum going with Sam Darnold and, you know, I don't know, Jamison Crowder and – I guess Brashard Perryman. I don't know. Like I don't. I just like none of none of none, none of this really makes sense in my head. The only way that Le'Veon Bell reaches back to Le'Veon Bell status and maybe potentially hits like top fifteen or top ten is if they use him in the passing game. Like he needs to get his passing reps back up, if anything, because that offensive line isn't going to be creating holes like it did in Pittsburgh. So that's kind of where I have him. I don't really know. I don't. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating because like you, I really want to want Le'Veon Bell. Like I want to have him on my team, but. It's frustrating, to say the least. Yeah. Adam Gase is an absolute idiot. The guy has absolutely no idea what he's doing. There's one thing that you, do, that you can't do is run Le'Veon Bell to the ground. Pittsburgh ran him to the ground, and he did absolutely amazing. Um, at, for, for me personally, I think Le'Veon Bell has such a unique run style. The man waits in the backfield for at least five seconds, and the offensive line has no idea where he is. I think it kind of took, honestly – the offensive line a year to get to get used to the style of run, and I think that personally I haven't gone out and got my Le'Veon Bell shares. I want to, but I'm still fading. I don't know why, um, but I think that this is kind of the year that Le'Veon Bell breaks out to his old form. 
if they give him the amount of volume that they do. Um, as far as Jameson Crowder, I think I'm going to try and get as many shares as him um, since he's kind of the number one over there. Uh, Sam Donald, I really don't like Sam Donald, to be honest with you. Man posts up 15 interceptions a year. He had 13 last year. But still, we have no idea where, where he's going to be. Um, I feel like Sam Donald is a big question mark. People love him. I really don't know why. Um, but I think it just all starts with Adam Gase. He's a complete idiot. <laughs> Fair enough. Lucas? I mean, okay, so it's not like I'm drafting Le'Veon Bell in a ton of leagues. I'm not saying that like he's like this breakout candidate. But I think the, the overall term of upside might single-handedly be the worst next to ADP use in fantasy football of actually what happens, right? The only thing you can control is fantasy points. That's how you win leagues. I've been in arguments where apparently running backs win you leagues, and I haven't played any points per running back on your roster leagues, I guess. I don't I don't know if you guys have. But last year, Le'Veon Bell, this, I don't – I don't. I guess I'm confused where he was bad in fantasy. He was the RB16 in PPR. He hit a weekly RB1 at 40% of the games he played. 40%. That means every other week he was playing as an RB1, and then 20% he was an RB2. That he was 40% RB3, but those were like 11 points, and that was due to just the Jets being the Jets, right? But you're still getting the RB16. Uh, there was an article on Action Network um, that Sean Corner, he's like the the analytics guy there, wrote that. They ran the they ran the ball in the red zone. They were top five all time in least amount of attempts. So we can say that should go that should go up. The top five all time in the NFL in NFL history, that should go up. That's Le'Veon Bell. I don't think Frank Gore is going. They didn't. The Frank Gore is not taking work away from Le'Veon Bell. Bilal Powell was there last year, who was much better than Frank Gore, and he didn't even see work. So it's. It's not like I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go get Le'Veon Bell, but it's it's not like he's a bad pick. So I so, guess I'm more so yeah. saying, or sorry, yeah. No, 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 sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Lucas. All right, so I, I kind of like got antsy and jumped in because, all right, the best case the best case scenario that I can make for Le'Veon Bell here is that who you're drafting him around in terms of the running backs around him would, sorry, I think the case for a Le'Veon Bell over Todd Gurley and a Le'Veon Bell over Chris Carson to me is starting to make more sense, uh, more so because, all right, so we talked to Edwin Porras, Dr. Edwin Porras, physical therapist, uh, you, you pretty well know now in the Twitter community, mm-hmm. has his own podcast, Injury Prone, talked about Todd Gurley and Chris Carson specifically with a lot of question marks in terms of health down the stretch. If there's anything Le'Veon Bell doesn't have to worry about, at least right now, is his health. Like He's been one of the more in-shape running backs and doesn't get hurt. So in terms of sustainability, I think he has that going for him. Now it's just whether or not they can get their shit together in New York. Whereas like Todd Gurley is fighting health. Chris Carson is fighting health. James Conner is fighting health. So my point is like, I agree with you on that. If if that Mm -hmm. makes sense, right? Yeah. And I think, oh yeah, you can go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was, yeah, I was gonna say the ADP, like, People say because people look at overall ADP and not positional ADP, and positional ADP is way more like what you should be paying attention to. He's going to the RB sixteen right now in the range of the guys you just said, so RB fourteen to twenty, whatever way you want to rank those guys. So it's not like you don't have to reach, or you you do in terms of round three, but you don't in terms of when you're selecting a running back. So I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, no, that was kind of what I was going to. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, like you shouldn't have to reach for Bell, but. Yeah, uh, so I, I think like to, I don't know, Sky. Like I, I know that you've been very vocal about you don't hate Bell the player, you just hate the situation. 
And I totally understand that. But I do think, like, Lucas, to the point of, like, what was so confusing about Bell last year is, like, a lot of guys were just picking him number one, yeah. number one overall running back. So, like, unfortunately, as an, as your number one running back in your on your team, you need to be putting up, like, high numbers for the entirety of the season, not just, you know, sometimes. So I think that's where, yeah, that, I think that's where the disappointment came in. And they, they bring in the narrative, people are bringing the narrative that Gay said last year he didn't want to feed Bell before the season. And then he gave him 300 total opportunities or touches. So we were using him at the beginning of the year and he got like 3.5 yards per carry or something small like that. Yeah. And this team is, the team was bad. The seven and nine record, I think like most uh, like predictive record formulas, whatever, had him at like five wins. The team is worse this year, which take that with what you will, could mean more plays, could be more passing plays. But Rashad Perriman, Denzel Mims, and Jamison Crowder aren't going to win you in the passing game, so you're going to have to use Le'Veon Bell. Um, so if, if he's your RB two, like I don't you, obviously you could be disappointed because you didn't take Eckler or someone in round two. But if you were selecting a running back in round three, I, st- I think he's probably out of Fournette, Gurley, Carson, James Conner. I like James Conner, but I think Bell is still like the best pick uh, overall. Now, do you think? Do you think David Johnson kind of falls into that category as well? Because I feel like a lot of on Twitter is. Would you rather have Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? I'm coming around the bend on around three. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? And uh, to be honest, I really I, – I have no idea. Yeah, I think that's the best way to answer it because the thing is if he fills Carlos Hyde's role, he's going to be top 12 running back probably because he's going to catch passes. He's much better than Carlos Hyde. He he was injured literally one, like one game, and then they just kind of moved on from him. Like he's fine now. They made it yeah. clear that he's not injured. So – and, and by I, the way, his yeah. sorry, sorry, his major injury even the year before that was that was like a wrist injury. It wasn't even had nothing to do with his body or his leg yeah. or any of that shit. So so yeah, I think I think he's probably in that tier. I just think there's the question mark of how the hell is Bill O'Brien like people say Adam Gase is bad. Bill O'Brien might be worse oh, or just man. as worse. Sure like it's there. it's terrible. So I I don't want to say like I mean I know on the Zero RB podcast I made the case of you should just be taking wide receivers anyways, but like if you if you have to take a running back, I think that yeah, David Johnson or I think Le'Veon Bell are definitely still good picks. Sky, one minute, go ahead, let it rip. <laughs> so I uh, okay, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, right off the bat, I'm going to lean David Johnson. So it comes down for me, it comes down to uh, opportunity in the offense itself. I believe in the Texans' offense leaps and bounds over the Jets' offense overall. And again, if if David Johnson is uh, even Carlos Hyde from last year. It's a thousand yards rushing, you know, could be uh, upwards of, you know, 60 receptions if he stays healthy. He's not going to be 2016 David Johnson. We all know that. We need to stop pretending that it'll happen because we've been disappointed three years in a row. However, if he's 75% of 2016 David Johnson, he's a top end running back. Le'Veon Bell has to absolutely max out. He had 300 opportunities plus, as we said last year, 1,200 plus yards, four touchdowns. Okay, that's a Leonard Fournette season, but Leonard Fournette was RB7. Okay, yeah. there's a big difference here, and I'm concerned, right? Because Le'Veon Bell is supposed to have the passing work that, Le'Veon, that Leonard Fournette got last year, 100 targets, 70 receptions, whatever. That's yep. Lev's pedigree. When he was yep. the number one running back, it was because of his – he was Alvin Kamara plus, right, in yep. that Steelers offense. He's not anymore because the Jets – and and uh, Adam Gase is terrible. That's the, That's an issue for me. They don't have the opportunity in the red zone as Lucas just mapped out. David Johnson could accidentally have eight rushing touchdowns because the Texans and Deshaun Watson are going to be in scoring opportunities with a bad defense. The Jets' defense is decent, 
and their offense is not, I think that's going to be negative game scripts constantly, which is going to make Sam Darnold chuck it, and they're not throwing it to Lev. To Alex's point, I made the huge case last year when I was fading Le'Veon Bell because of the offensive line. It's a huge deal. His running style is not good for a bad offensive line. It worked in Pittsburgh because he had the best offensive line in football for five years. Those guys made gaps. He could wait, and he could find his hole, and he could hit it with acceleration and explode. Awesome. He also had a great quarterback and great receivers to fade off the the wide receivers. That's just not the case. Nothing is the same in New York as it was in Pittsburgh. That that hurts Le'Veon Bell. And as incredible as he was a few years ago, he's not – as uh, you know, game-changing individually that I think we think he was because that team in Pittsburgh was so incredible. So I'm concerned about it, and I am fading Le'Veon Bell. I've made that very clear on the podcast. Another quick mention from our draft guy that I just want to read here really quick, another note, and then I'll let it go. Adam Gaze's offense has had 17 total rushing touchdowns combined over the last three seasons. It's I'll insane. read that again. Adam so Gaze – Adam Gaze – Adam Gase offenses have had a total of 17 rushing touchdowns combined over the last three seasons. Let's not forget that Derrick Henry and Aaron's had 16 by themselves last year. That's a concern if we double Le'Veon Bell's touchdown input, okay, to eight. That's still not going to get him up to RB1. Here's the deal. If you go zero RB and you get Le'Veon Bell in the fifth round, I could stomach it. I think that works out. The rest of your team's stacked. You're going to get the volume, grab some later round guys, and hopefully Le'Veon Bell exceeds expectations. The problem is right now with these running backs going off the board in every format, like 30 running backs are going off the board in the first three rounds. It's stupid. With that happening, he is automatically a third-round pick. There's no way in hell I'm picking him. I'm picking Todd Gurley over him. I'm taking David Johnson. I'm taking probably James Conner. If it really came down to it, I might go Lev over Chris Carson just because Carlos Hyde's there, but I like yeah. Chris Carson's situation better than Le'Veon Bell. I mean, to me, it's not even close. There's no way I'm going to end up with Le'Veon Bell unless he's in the fifth or sixth round. And <laughs> I had this stance last year, kind of was alone at the time, happened. This year, I think people are a little more onto it because we saw it. But honestly, it's not my vibe. I'm trying to trying to yeah. uh, you know keep my temper here on the podcast to stay you professional. Really think, I think Le'Veon awesome. Bell stuff, man. Is, <laughs> I think – <laughs> that's part of the problem. Like, are you saying he's a third round pick? It's kind of what I was saying is like, since there's so many running backs going by keep waiting on those guys, you're not going to have any of them. Right. So you have to make a decision who has the higher probability of that group to finish as the highest running back. And to me, I mean, Gurley's going to get hurt. They literally said they don't know how his health is. Yeah. Carson's going to fumble slash get hurt slash get his job taken by Carlos Hyde. James Conner, uh, probability is higher, I guess, but I mean, he's probably going to, if he wasn't going to get hurt, he would be a top 12 running back easy. Uh, Todd, I don't even know who else we're talking about. David Johnson, maybe. So I think, yeah, I, I guess I get the concern, but he was still RB 16 last year. That's what he's going now. So I don't see the defense actually to get worse. Um, Mosley and Adams are gone now. So I don't really know uh, how that's going to fare either, but yeah, Adam Gase did coach the greatest quarterback of all time, though, for one season. So we'll see if he Tom can translate that. Yeah. yeah, no. Hey, Peyton Manning's 55 uh, passing touchdowns. That had to do all with Adam Gase. <laughs> yes, yes, clearly. That had nothing to do with Peyton Manning calling the plays at all. No, no. Or the stud wide receivers. That they do you had. really think Adam yeah. Gase came up with Omaha? Let's be honest here. I think, I think he's probably from Omaha. That's probably why. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that was what it was. 
<laughs> I do, I do, I do want to move on and give a quick mention here. We got about two minutes left in the podcast. I want to wrap it up here quick. Our boy NBA Riggs jumping in again. Great to hear from you, brother. Um, quick question, Kamish, I'll run it to you really quickly, and then uh, Lucas, let's get to you. The first question was, would you take Le'Veon Bell? So just straight up, yes or no? Would you take Le'Veon Bell in the fourth round, Kamish boys? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Lucas? Sure. I, I'm yeah. going to pass. Next Next question. In terms of football skills, the eye test, do you like DJ or Le'Veon Bell individually? Individually, I'd probably leave Le'Veon Bell, but it's for fantasy football. That's what we're talking about here. I'm going to go David Johnson all day. Commission boys, back to you real quick. Uh, football skills-wise, I'll probably go with Lev, yeah. I'm going Le'Veon. But barely, barely. Like yeah. Neither? Is that, is that an answer? I don't, Le'Veon's a better runner, probably better football player, but both. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We got another quick question here. Would How would the, the yards differentiate, and where would you take both – Perryman and Crowder for the Jets. So Perryman, of course, exploded over the last five games last year when Godwin and Evans went down for the Bucks. He was incredible, but we saw nothing from Perryman over the first five years of his career. Fourth team in five years for Perryman. I'm not buying the last uh, late season hype. I think that's all Jameis Winston. That's all Fitz Magic. That's all opportunity. He did well with that opportunity. Respect. I don't see it happening again this year. He's probably the number three eventually to Crowder and Denzel Mims when he gets uh, his feet underneath him too. I'm not going to draft Perryman anywhere. Crowder, I do think, is worth maybe a late-round PPR play just because he should be peppered in targets. Last year, first game of the season, 17 targets. So if he gets anywhere close to 10 per game, he's going to end up with 90 on accident, a couple of touchdowns. You're grabbing him in the 10th, 12th round. I think that is definitely um, worth it. Does anybody have anything to add on that really quick out here? No, I, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I would just add there on the Perryman thing, like, yeah, like even – dude, I can just imagine, like, even defenses last season, like, didn't know when Winston or where Winston was throwing the ball. So, like, Perryman just kind of fell into it accidentally. And he didn't make the most out of his opportunities there. But, like, I think that was a product of just, like, what the Bucks' offense was last season. So, uh, yeah, no, dude, I, I just don't think it's going to happen quite the same way. I do, I do like Crowder much more than Perryman this year. Yeah, you're not you're not going to go out and, re- and reach for him. You, you, you're going to get him in the back end of the draft. I like it. All right, boys, it's always a pleasure to have you on. We do have to cut out of here. NBA Riggs, great to hear from you, bro. Hope you can get into the Listener League. For anyone else interested to get into the TCK Pod Listener League, make sure you slide into our DMs on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know what you like about the program, what we can improve on, how long you've been listening, and send us a nice, honest review. We appreciate that. Draft guide available at tckpod.com. Catch us tomorrow to break down the AFC South. We'll be talking more about David Johnson there and the Texans along with everybody else. And then next week we'll dive into the NFC. We'll be back the commission crew on Wednesday of next week as well. Chris and Alex, always a pleasure, man. Alex, great to see you. We've had Chris on a bunch, but Alex finally jumping back. Apologies for my lapsed memory, my man. Uh, it is always great to have you back on. Hopefully we can we can get you and Eric on again as well. Um, and Lucas, always a pleasure, never a chore. So please go check out the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. Grab their playbook on their email list. You can check them out on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube as well. We are the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll catch you tomorrow for the AFC South preview. For Lucas Kaser and the Commish boys, both Chris and Alex Benavides, I am Sky Guasco with the TCK Pod. This is LandryFootball.com, and we are out of here. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.